Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is designed with you in mind to help you reach your big goals and to help you take the next steps to get there. I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and I am so glad you're here for episode two, which is part two of my conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Bob Goff. Now, Bob, of course, is the author of books like Love Does and Dream Big, and he's a brand new book out called Undistracted. Now, everyone will hear something different as you hear this interview. As you do, write down the two or three things that speak to you, the two or three things that you could see yourself implementing in your life today. Because when you do, it could change everything. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. And now let's not waste any more time. Here's part two of my conversation with Bob Goff. We have desires to do beautiful things, but we don't always get around to those. What would be a courageous next move for me? So to just say, instead of trying to figure out the whole arc of my life, just say, I don't know, what's my next courageous move? And then uh, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about putting things on a shot clock. Yeah. Like just like, just put a shot clock on it. I'm not saying give yourself 15 seconds, uh, but what if you just say, well, it, maybe some of these things you get done in 15 minutes, but you've had them on the to-do list for 15 weeks. And I'm just saying like, just stop screwing around. Don't beat yourself up. I, I get it. We're all just, we, we're not there. Uh, yeah. This side of eternity, we're not going to be there. Uh, th that said, uh, let's just understand what are our highest values. So if your highest value is justice or your highest value is your family or your faith or but just figure out those highest values and then say, what are the things I can do that are directly connected to my highest values? If my highest value is efficiency, uh, that's fine. You probably don't have a lot of friends, just saying, but, uh, but say then just be uber efficient. Um, uh, my friends that are very efficient, they'll staff out their calls, like even to me. Like they'll have somebody call me for them and ask me to hold. I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> You're not having it. Oh, that ain't happening. Unless all of your <laughs> fingers have been severed, uh, maybe, uh, but probably even not then. Uh, I just, uh, we don't do that. Um, yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> but this kind of interpersonal, like the, the courtesy that we extend each other to show up and all that, like I'm big on that. That's a super high value. So, um, so I would just say, figure out what are your have high values and low values, uh, for, uh, some people it, uh, their financial security is a very high value. I have a couple of family members that, uh, I can think of in a different generation that that's a really high value. So say like, well, mazel tov, like go, go do that. Yeah. yeah. And so to say like, how can I be, is there anything I could do to be helpful? Um, but it's almost like getting above the operating table and to just say, is there any way I could be helpful to you uh, with your highest value? And it you know, sounds like a weird contrived way, but it's actually a really a beautiful act of kindness and self-awareness. You know, um, again, for those that are listening in, though, what th think about something in your life that uh, is a goal or something that just keeps coming back around again on, uh, in your mind, something you want to pursue. And um, you just never seem to get to it. And Bob, you called me out on a couple that you know that I have not been working on. <laughs> but it really does come down to what is that next step? Just take the next step. 
And if you ever thought about the goal being so big and it becomes so overwhelming, but oftentimes if you just break it down into what's the next step, and then again, what's the next step? But that's the key, isn't it? Just start taking action, stop deferring things and start moving. Yeah, I want to get a little higher up on the tree than just this Maslow's hierarchy of needs for like food and shelter at the bottom. And then, you know, for like critical thinking towards the top, I want to just get a little higher up on that pyramid. Uh, and to say, I don't want to spend all of my time, uh, nor do I need to, figuring out shelter. Like I've got that, I know where I'm going to spend the night. Some people don't. Uh, and if you need to sort that out, then then you're at that level. But I'd like to see, is there a way to move? How could I improve my position on that? Could I create a more stable, predictable living arrangement so I knew where I was going to stay? Uh, unlike some of our homeless friends that don't know, and through fault of their own or no fault of their own, they end up at, at this complex uh, confluence of circumstances, had them arrive there. Then I'd say, okay, so you are here. And so what would be the next courageous move to advance that forward? So uh, writing your memoirs might not be there. That might be a little higher up in the tree. But say, what if I just get a stable place to live? Um, uh, you can get a boat for free or maybe 500 bucks and live on it uh, in the San Diego Bay. You're like, you can just float around. You have to move it every couple of days, but like you could be on the waterfront, something that would cost 10 or $20 million if it was available at all. You can get for 200 bucks, just buy a boat that floats and you're like on the water in the bay. I, I'm just saying that the barriers to entry are sometimes eco uh, economically driven, but oftentimes they're driven by our imaginations, our ability to be creative, to puzzle this together. So if I knew somebody that was nominally homeless, I'd, I'd buy them a boat and I would just say, hey, park there, brother. Like, uh, th then we've taken care of shelter. It ain't awesome, but it's a pretty awesome view. No kidding. Um, and then now we're talking about food. Is there, uh, how could you have some food security in your life? Uh, and then to know places uh, that are, we're, we're big on food security. We, we buy food at 10 cents a pound. So whatever that would be, we can buy 600 pounds of food for 60 bucks uh, uh, locally because we distribute the stuff to tens of thousands of people, like it's out there. And I didn't know anything about it till I decided to get to know about it. And then once you do go like, wow, I learned something new and then find some way to cut to the chasing, like get to the actions part and find somebody hungry. They're easy to find some of them, the guys on the big yachts, they're not hungry. No, they're find the guys <laughs> a sailboat that doesn't have a mast on it. There you like go. That, drop the brother off a burger too. <laughs> Next courageous step. I love it. Hey, Bob, that leads into the, to uh, something I want to talk to you about. Your new book. It's called Undistracted. Um, yes. Uh, tell tell me, boy. There's no shortage of titles and and books you you could have written. Why this one? Why the title? Talk to us about that. Yeah, they. I, I don't even have a copy of the book yet, uh, but they sent me the cover and I wrapped it around somebody else's book. So I could just imagine what it might look like someday. There it uh, is. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, you write the books that you wish somebody had written. 
the those that are interested in the Enneagram are familiar with it. It's like kind of a personality typing and a personality type seven is a the enthusiast and that's me through and through. Um, and so to just say, so an enthusiast, one of the things that is the hallmark of the enthusiast is they're easily distracted. They are the dog in up that are like <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> so uh, what I want to do it, uh, is I wanted to settle down around that idea to say, how could I become more undistracted by things that are going around me and understand the things that are going on within me? Like, well, what are the things that are hopes and desires and how, what are the things that take me away from the people that I love, both physically away, like a speaking event in Orlando will take you away unless you live in Orlando. Uh, and what are the things that take me emotionally or relationally away from people, unresolved conflicts and all that. But it's not a book of, you know, this is how the amygdala interacts with your prefrontal cortex. <laughs> I'm not that smart. Uh, it's just a bunch of stories about where I learned along the way, oh, dang, it's happened again. I've become distracted yet again. And these were the steps that I took or somebody else took to find out that made a lot of sense to me. You know, we're on this journey together here, right? Um, trying to live our best life. Uh, for you, Bob, when, when was a time uh, when you knew you were distracted? And maybe now you didn't maybe realize it at the time, but looking back on it, you say, holy cow. I was distracted and what needed to get my priority wasn't getting it. When, when did it happen? And what did I you remember? Do uh, I don't know what day of the week it was, but uh, when our kids were young, I pulled in from one of these trips. I don't know if I was overseas or what, but it'd been a pretty long string of things that I'd put together all important, at least. So I thought, and uh, when I pulled into the driveway, there was a help wanted sign in the window and my wife had purchased it. And she wasn't saying she needed help. She was saying I needed help really, because <laughs> I was just missing it uh, here at the house. And so uh, that was a great moment to remember to just say this idea of providing for your family. Sometimes we think of that as uh, going into the marketplace and earning money. But like sometimes what we're not providing is what they want, which is just us. They want their mom home. They want their dad home. They want uh, you with the game. You want to really provide what the people that you love need, like presence, uh, engagement, authenticity. Uh, those are the things. And you could just do a quick little audit. No shame in that, but to just say, am I being authentic, like really me telling people what's going on? Um, when we were, uh, when the kids were growing up, we would have these boxes uh, of questions. I'm holding up a little box of questions. They're called like table topics, questions yeah. to start great conversations with your family. Uh, and so if I wanted to find out if one of my sons has a girlfriend or something in high school, I would just read the, this wasn't the question on the card. I would just say, who's your favorite person, not your same gender. I just pretend I was reading it because I wanted to find the goods on him. So it's a great way to, uh, to ask questions that matter, or like if you, what's your greatest fear? Like what a great way, instead of just saying, hey, pass the sausage, uh, but to just say, hey, pass the sausage, and I have the next card here, uh, name your greatest fear. And uh, so for some people, uh, they might say, my greatest fear is tarantulas. And somebody else might say, my greatest fear 
as being misunderstood. And to say, like, let's talk about both of those. We can talk about, you know, the tarantulas in a second, but let's talk about being misunderstood. And why is it that that, because I think like even saying that, I know a lot of people resonate with that because our our lives are just about being misunderstood constantly. Um, So uh, how do we remain undistracted when we're misunderstood, knowing that it's going to happen all the time? Um, so uh, to come up with maybe a plan in advance to say, well, at least there's one person that knows me fully that I can be totally authentic with. And so even though predictably I'll be misunderstood by many, uh, there's a, a couple authentic relationships I have where they just know me fully. I just haven't pulled any punches. Yeah. You know, that your story uh, about the help wanted sign with Maria resonates with me. I was a um, executive with a pharmaceutical company. And I was chasing something. Um, I wanted to climb the ladder. I wanted more money. And I, and I rationalized it, Bob, by, by saying, I'm doing this for my family, right? And I realized that by chasing whatever I was chasing, the trade-off was brutal. I was not at soccer games. I was not at activities. And I realized it. Um, I, and I, I hope not too late, right? As a dad, I always wonder, I think most dads always, I don't think there's any dad that's laying on his deathbed saying I spent enough time with my kids, right? But I do, I do ponder that. And I think about that. And so good for you for writing that book. And I think it's something that everyone at every season of life needs a reminder of, but I tell you what, (laughs) if I was a young dad right now, 28 years old, 30, ambitious, running like crazy, that might be the book that I should have read. <laughs> I think it would have come in handy. And you can set up these beautiful guardrails for yourself too. You can say, I'm just going to go ham uh, from Monday through Thursday. And then Friday through Sunday, I'm not. I'm just not going to plan or schedule anything that might take me away from uh, the things that might matter more in the moment. And then everybody kind of gets aboard with that cadence um, and then it's, instead of saying, I'm going to work a little bit less, that's pretty hard to marshal for yourself. Um, but for some people, maybe they can set an alarm to go off at five 15 or whatever, just to remind you to like land the plane. I'm not saying beat yourself up. I'm just saying, come up with a new way of being you, uh, the most updated version of you, and then just give it a drive around the block. See if you like it. That's what you do with the car before you buy it. Uh, that's why some people buy Priuses and some don't because they get, took it for a driver in the block and they decided it's for me or not. The one that would uh, concern me uh, as quickly as things evolve in a growing family or in relationships that you have is if you never take it out for a spin. So try these new strategies to say, I'm just nothing. I've, I'm on the Friday through Sunday. Uh, don't plan it mode. Like I just like, that's easy. Everybody knows. Don't try to plan something then because I'll show up if I can, but it's interesting anecdotally to know you're having a meeting, but don't uh, assume that I'll be there. Um, So that's been really helpful. And so I would just like pick in a lock Uh, back in the old days, you'd watch the movie and the safe cracker would put their ear in and they'd be listening and turn in the wheel until the yeah. tumblers fell. And then you spin it the other way. And then you spin it the other way. So this is what living a life looks like. It's just like picking a lock and you got to shut up to do it. <laughs> you got to listen yeah. to the people you love and the tumblers falling. And yeah. 
So Bob, through the process though, did you, what did you learn about yourself through the process of writing this book? It had to be fun. All the stories and reliving things and thinking about it from this way, uh, from above. What did you learn about yourself? Well, I uh, was reminded yet again how tedious the process is writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'd almost forgot. Maybe it's like childbirth. Who knows? But <laughs> like uh, just getting 65,000 words that are uh, mostly spelled correctly uh, yeah. just takes a minute. Um, and then saying, how can I do this that would connect uh, with people that, um, that I want to connect with? I want the person that feels kind of far away from their life, maybe distracted by, you know, just the nature and complexity of living. Um, I don't want, I'm not writing to the person who uh, thinks they've got it all figured out because <laughs> I don't yeah. need to be the guy to let them know they don't. Um, so I'm not trying to be the sheriff. I'm not trying to be the umpire. I'm trying to be the base coach. I'm just say, run your race. Um, however, know where you're headed, like know where this thing ends up. Uh, just when you're uh, playing baseball, you just keep running to the, uh, you know, go to the right. If you start running to the left, if you're the guy that makes it to third base from home plate first, that ain't good. So it just might involve change of direction, run just as hard, but maybe in the other direction. I haven't heard of anybody who's ever stole, uh, like, <laughs> hit the ball and ran to third base. Have you heard that? No, <laughs> I, no, I haven't. Yeah. So th that is what happens sometimes in relationships. You hit the ball. It goes right between the second baseman and the shortstop and it's right out in. So, but they're, they're like stealing third base and be like from home. And I'm like, we're going to do this wrong. We just need to sometimes that idea of stopping and going a different direction and your life can be really abrupt. And sometimes it can be incremental. Um, so I'm just going with uh, like whatever it takes to run your race. Bob, at the end of the book, uh, what is it that you would like the reader to think or do differently as a result of, of uh, diving into this book, Undistracted? Uh, I want them to go back and not agree with me, but to do something about it. Cut to the chasing, like where you actually change something in your life that something that's been distracting you, maybe somebody who's uh, agitated you that they're just as difficult as you are sometimes uh, and send them the text message. Just say, sorry. Don't say it's like, sorry, you suck. Just say, sorry. Right. Uh, say really sorry if you want a long text. Um, but uh, I hope that people will just do something actionable on this rather than putting it on the to-do list. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in these coming years, I would like to, um, I, I just have shortened it up quite a bit from there to just say, think it, do it. So Bob, how, how do we, we stay in touch with you? How do we follow what's going on with Bob Goff? Where do we go? Yeah. My very cryptic email is Bob Goff at Bob Goff. <laughs> I got a lot of emails from the back of the book and calls and all that jazz. My cell phone numbers in the back of three and a half million books. So um, I like availability is a really high value for me. And so if you decide what your high values are, uh, then you can engineer things that will, uh, that will remind you constantly. So I get probably a hundred reminders a day uh, really? that I put my cell phone number there, which is delightful. And sometimes it's uh, interrupts things, but I kind of like that interruption. It keeps my feet on the ground, reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
uh, and it reminds me when I picked up that phone uh, and they got me on a speakerphone, just say, I got one slide that's going to go into that carousel. Which one's it going to be? <laughs> that, that magic moment when you have yeah. that, that decision. Good for you. Come on. You know, you know, I have to tell you too, that um, there was a time when I needed to talk to a friend. I needed to talk and I called you and it was, I was traveling. It was, I was going, running through an airport. And I went right. To, I went right, right to your voicemail, and, no. I, and I said, and I and I said, Bob, though, Bob, uh, uh, let's. I uh, I just would love to chat, and and literally two minutes later, the phone rang. You were on a you were on a plane, uh, <laughs> you were on a plane going to Atlanta, and I said, Oh my gosh, Bob, we don't have to talk right now. He said, No, what's going on? And you really helped me through a really really challenging time. And that's what friends do. And I just wanted to thank you for being there, Bob, and for so many people. And for this book as well, it's going to help countless uh, others. I just really admire how you live out your faith um, in a way that is not um, not overly structured, but you live out your faith like no one I've ever seen. And I just really admire that about you, Bob. Oh, man, thanks. Well, I think these surrounding yourself with these visuals, these reminders about yourself, not to beat yourself up, but to just remind yourself about the person you want to be. Uh, and then to have some friends that aren't holding you accountable, they're holding you close. They're just saying, hey, we're in this together. Whatever it takes, let's get that done. So everyone, you can also find Bob at bobgoff.com. He's a great Instagram follow on uh, at Bob Goff. Uh, Dream Big Podcast is fantastic. Uh, highly recommend that. And if this podcast has resonated with you, I suspect that it has. I'd love to hear from you. You can, you can reach me and drop me a comment at darrenjohnson at mac.com. Or I'm on Instagram at Darren Johnson one. Uh, leave, leave me a message. Would love to hear how you enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like a copy of the show notes, you can email me at Darren Johnson at Mac.com. So Bob Goff, it has been a lot of fun. Thank you again for being here on the podcast. Hey, thanks a million. That was fun. Well, there you have it. That is part two of the conversation with Bob. And I hope you gained a thing or two. I know I sure did through that interview. And these are the topics. These are the things that matter. And so thank you again for tuning in. Uh, do me a favor, if you would, leave a review on this podcast episode. I uh, would love to hear what you love about that conversation, how the podcast is working for you. Uh, and then get ready for episode three. We'll be talking to Noel Jett. Uh, what an amazing leader. Uh, and you're going to hear a lot about her life and lessons learned and how to build a 3,700-square-foot custom farmhouse. <laughs> You're going to love it. And I'll see you on episode three, talking to Noel Jett.